So uh, I, a lot of times I have individuals that come to me and they're struggling with, both men and women, struggling with this idea is why do I do what I don't want to do and why don't I do what I want to do? And I think a lot of it has to do with this thing that may happen underneath the surface, right? So, so I'm going to go back a little bit and say, so for me, I believe, you know, there's this part in the, in the Genesis poem, right, from the Bible, and it talks about this idea that we're all created in God's own image. Both male and female, we're all created in God's own image. And I think how that plays out is that when we're conceived, at that moment, we're perfect, we're perfect right? Everything is perfectly formed, and um, everything is exactly how it's supposed to be. And then from that point on, um, different things happen. So, you know, whatever the mother ingests or doesn't ingest, whatever the mother is exposed to, that all starts having an impact on the development of the fetus and then ultimately the development of the child. And then, of course, after the baby's born, then we know there's a host of other ways that that, that um, infant, that person now can be wounded. Sometimes the wound is a direct wound, and those are the ones that we most think of. That's like physical abuse, sexual abuse, um, different things like that, certain traumatic things, and sometimes it's a covert wound or an indirect wound, and that may be things that don't happen, so things that, um, uh, that um, I was loved, but I, I wasn't loved in the way that I need to be loved, or um, an absent parent. So it wasn't traumatic, but it was something that just didn't happen. As a result of that wound, um, because we desire to survive and desire to continue um, uh, to, to live and grow, um, when we're wounded, we start, we make a vow to ourselves that I don't ever want to be hurt again like whatever that thing is that hurt us. You, typically, it may be a relationship thing or maybe something that happens, um, you know, growing up or whatever. And then as a, as a result of that vow that we make, we start developing this false self. And this false self that we start developing then may even be this persona that we take on. It, we may even, um, it may be even as if we think this is who we really are. And at some point in our life, um, usually much later in life, usually um, when we're maybe in our 30s or 40s or whatever it is, we have this clash between our authentic self, which we were conceived and born into uh, when we were conceived, and this false self clashes. In other words, it just doesn't work anymore. Many times when we've talked about the hero's journey, this is what then um, pushes us over the threshold into the dark night of the soul. So I have a story to read um, from uh, John Eldridge's book, Wild at Heart. And uh, this is just an excerpt from his Wild at Heart book. This is uh, one of the books that I've used a lot of times. Um, but let me read this story, and, um, and I'll kind of break it down. But like all stories, it starts off with uh, Once Upon a Time. Uh, there was a beautiful maiden, an absolute enchantress. She may be the daughter of a king or a common servant girl, but we know she's a princess at heart. She's young with youth that seems eternal. Her flowing hair, her deep eyes, her luscious lips, her sculpted figure, she makes the rose blush for shame. The sun is pale compared to her light. Her heart is golden, her love is true as an arrow. But this lovely maiden is unattainable, the prisoner of an evil power who holds her captive in a dark tower. See, this is where I think many, many times um, young ladies, and then even as they grow, they find themselves um, 
entrapped by messages that were told to them, things that happened and didn't happen to them growing up, and they have this message that they're not pretty enough. They, their body isn't the way, it doesn't look a certain way, or they're not smart enough, or maybe they're, maybe they're pretty but they're not smart, or maybe they're smart but not pretty, or maybe they're um, out of shape, or whatever it is, but that um, sorcerer that talks to them haunts them and doesn't um, allow them uh, to really be able to see themselves in the mirror. It distorts what they see in the mirror because this perception, it plays on this perception. Only a champion may win her. Only the most valiant and daring and brave warrior has a chance of setting her free. Against all hope he comes. I think what happens many times our princess is up in this tower all caught up in her thoughts all these different messages from from different sources may come in as well and she may even give up hope maybe she's uh kissed too many frogs and she uh has end up just with a frog and there's no prince at the story uh, she gets hurt by these relationships she may even stop going to the window because uh, she doesn't believe he's going to come this is where the princess has her own work to do she has to fight off that those thoughts, fight off those previous wounds that have created this false self, the one that doesn't, um, starts thinking that she doesn't deserve or someone else is going to get that prince, um, that she really doesn't deserve to have that prince. She has to fight that off and against all hope, she has to continue going to the window. So against all hope he comes. With cunning and raw courage, he lays siege to the tower and the sinister one who holds her. Much blood is shed on both sides. Three times the knight is thrown back, but three times he rises again. Eventually the sorcerer is defeated and the dragon falls. The giant is slain. See, I think for men, um, we have to understand that in our journey, similar to the to the woman, similar to the girl up in the tower, the princess, she has her own battle against the sorcerer and against her thoughts. For the champion, for the, for the man, he also is gonna have a fight on his hands. That he's gonna have setbacks, but it doesn't matter how many times you're thrown back, how many times you're gonna rise again. There's gonna be bloodshed. The dragon that you have to fight, you can't negotiate with. You can't make a deal, you can't sneak around it. You have to take it head on many, many times, if not always, the dragon is our own fears. The dragon is our own insecurities, that we have to go directly into that. Now, we have to do it with cunning and raw courage. We have to be strategic about it, maybe. But nonetheless, we have to go after those dragons. Um, they're the dragons that lie within us, the things that erode our confidence, that um, gives us this perception that I can't or I won't be able to. Um, the only way that we're gonna be able to get over those things are by directly addressing those things. But to think that it's not gonna come without pain, without bloodshed, um, that's a mistake. It will, hey, it will take effort, it will take um, bloodshed to do this. But nonetheless, um, that is when the spell is broken. So when she's up in the tower, fighting off the sorcerer that is taunting her um, from maybe some previous thing that's happened, some previous wound that's happened, or maybe something that didn't happen, maybe she was neglected or not seen, 
or and and he's down on on the on the field um, fighting his dragons. It's when they both do their work is when the spell is broken. If they both don't do their work, only one does, the spell won't be broken. Um, is it going to happen exactly at the same time? Probably not exactly at the same time, but it needs to be within a, a time and a space that, that, that allows them both to grow into this part of their relationship together, to be able to grow in so that they can grow together. As the story finishes, eventually the sorcerer is defeated, the dragon falls, and the giant is slain. The maiden is his, through his valor, so it's through his valor, through his honor and his integrity, that is what won her, has won her heart. Um, on horseback, they ride off to the cottage by a stream in the woods for a rendezvous that gives passion and romance new meaning. Now, of course, maybe it's not happily ever after. They're going to have other things that they have to face. But ultimately, what I like about this story so much is that it talks about that, um, that both have to do their own work. Both of them have their own challenges. There's going to be wounds that we encounter throughout our life. We don't have to go looking for them. They happen. Um, there are going to be obstacles in our life. There's going to be a, a, a tendency to want to have a vow to have this not happen to us again. And then this false self that gets created. What do we do to break through that? We have to address the sorcerer, the thoughts in our head, the perceptions that we have, and we have to face our own dragons, male or female. Yes, in this aspect, we are created equal. Um, we both have our work to do.